and welcome to the Weekly Scrawl Podcast. My name is Ryan. And I'm Hunter, a knight of Grinstead. There we go. And this, it's been, this. fuck me, it's been a couple of weeks. I feel like I forgot how to do this. Um, but we're here. This is us. And tonight, we're going to be doing, we're going to be reviewing Guild Sword and Magic for Hire from some person, some disaster tourism game, somebody who... Oh, 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 that's right. It's Kirby, our uh, our third host. Um, Do you know, a uh, fun fact about Kirby is that uh, we're actually the same person. Um, that's why you never see us in the same room at the same time. It's kind of a Dr. Jekyll, uh, Mr. Hyde situation. You say that now, and then do you forget our last room where you're both literally on That was the same time? That's why Kirby didn't say almost anything the entire time. Um, you're right. That's very true. So, he said like yeah. five words. Or they said like it's five words. Like a, it was kind of yeah. like a Tupac at... Um, Coachella situation, you know. <laughs> there we go. There we go. But no, so this is a Guild Sword and Magic for Hire. Guild uh, is a rules light, old school style role playing game inspired by heavier frameworks of the same era. There's some interesting quotes here on the back too. There's this one that says, "Guild is exactly the kind of game I want to both play and run. It's clever, fun, and will undoubtedly become a staple of my home game." By some person named Ryan from something called the Weekly Scroll on the back of the book. So, um, yeah. That's interesting. But yeah. So we're doing guild. Uh, did you Mine get your physical says, uh, Hunter TWS number one cat boy. So, you know, there we go. <laughs> did you, did you get your, your, your actual like, uh, physical in? Nice. So he's showing. So for the podcast, he's holding it up. But I don't mean like the ones that signed, like the the actual Kickstarter rewards. Oh no. Okay, so I got mine in yesterday. Um, which so for those that don't know what we're talking about is we got special we got special early versions because uh, we you know might have an in with the creator. Um, but I actually did get my Kickstarter reward. So those are as far as I know are all posted. Uh, we did uh, do a, a, a creator cut of this back on episode. I don't remember, and I probably should have remembered. But we have played this on stream before, um, and. Um, uh, I got everything from the Kickstarter. It is the book. It is the adventure book. It is the pad of character sheets. It is the bookmark. I got uh, four stickers, which I love these. Um, oh, and some of the cool. promo art, I almost thought they were standees uh, that you could play with. Um, but um, can, hey, they listen, are stickers. Nothing's stopping you from making them standees. So. Oh, that's that's very true. It's but it's um it's. Hmm. I guess, is it all five? Uh, no, it's four of the five characters from the cover of the book, uh, which is done by um, Tony Jaguar. I love the cover art. Um, and then name. I got just a fistful of like metal style logo disaster tourism stickers. So I got like 20 of them. So, um, yeah. So that is the actual Kickstarter rewards. Everything's posted. Love the bookmark. We'll get to that. But this I is... I really like the bookmark quite a bit, so... Bookmark's dope. Yeah. So, we'll get into it, so you know... We'll, we'll, as we get into the review, you'll see what we're talking about. But on one side is the aptitude um, explanation. Um, aptitude is a big part of the game we'll talk about in a second. A list of difficulties, some example enemies, and on the other side, there is uh, D8 adventure seeds, uh, D... Or it's one through five weird loot, and then a town name generator. 
It's a great bookmark. I love, this is such a good thing to add that I, I assume is not extremely expensive. I don't know. I haven't put a game out, um, <laughs> but really elevate your Kickstarter rewards and um, is great to have in, especially in teams that don't have like bookmarks and stuff. So really, I really love, love. An, I love an easy reference sheet too. And this is like, this is a very effective one. You know, like perfect. Absolutely. I got enemies on here and difficulty. I would just have this out with me because I mean, especially like when you're setting like difficulty goals to roll at, um, uh, I'm bad at that a lot of the time. Or if like, you know, maybe I've had a couple of drinks midway through the game. So I'm like, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and who doesn't? So, um, all right. We are uh, out of practice, as you can tell, but we are going to get into the game here. And uh, boom. This is Guild, Sword, and Magic for Hire. Look at that cover. I really like the style of the cover. Very the... classic dungeon art cover, you know? Absolutely. And and just the these the kind of like black border around the whole outside with the dungeon inside, but then like the one guy breaking it. I it just it's such a good tiny little feature that really, I don't know, just elevates especially cover art. And I love that the everything is so dark, but the characters are so bright. I don't know. The the dark and white together just really make the whole thing pop. Yeah, I like the I also just like the scene. I like the you know, you're your thiefy rogue boy trying to pick this lock while the caster and the knight hold off the weirdo goblin boys, little gobbies, you know? Yeah. Those that's, little that's fucking me. gobbies. That, that's me in that corner, you know, I got my hand Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking you're the wizard. The this is you. The yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's me. So, oh, so okay. that so it's five characters on the front, but the one is falling off a cliff. So that's the one you don't get. You get a little gobby boy. You get your knight, your fighter. You get your rogue. You get your wizard. That's what you get. Those are the stickers you get. You back the Kickstarter to get stickers. So, um, getting into it right off the bat, um. So uh, we've decided to do so. It, it, this isn't a huge. This isn't a huge zine. Um, it is a total of forty-four pages without covers, but it only goes to like thirty-five without um, before it goes to a character sheet um, and then an adventure for the back, um, which is the Gloomlight Hollow from Gabe Rivera. Definitely go check out Copper State Games. Uh, make some good stuff. Um, so we this is right on the cusp of whether we're gonna do like a zine review or a full game, right. and um, we're gonna we're just gonna full game it. So you know, and full send it, you know. Yeah, and 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 Kirby is one of us, so we have to be extra hard on him. That's that's how this works. Yeah. So um, if I ever put out a game, you guys have to shit all over me. Um, but I'm mean, not that we're gonna do that. But so uh, front cover of the book is a kingdom name generator. Uh, D10 with prefixes and suffixes. Um, right Which is where I got by the name, the, the name of I'm the hunter, the knight of uh, with a Grinstead. I rolled a one and a six. So Yeah, Grinstead. Well, there we go. Boom. Um, and then we have the, the standard, uh, like the people that are involved in the game page. So written by uh, KD, layout from Kristen Dinner, edited by Ben L, cover art by Tony Jaguar, character sheet by Jeffrey Baker. Love the character sheet, by the way. Really, really yeah. good. We'll get to that. Great one. Um, it is CC4O. It uses the uh, weird framework, which we've also gone over on the show. Um, I wasn't and, there. Uh, you, who did I do weird with? Oh, I don't some remember. Guy. 
yeah, some guy. Oh, that's right, some um, guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do. I do like that uh, the creator has definitely uh, watched our show before, and everything in this thing is hyperlinked to fuck. Oh, it really um, is. It's super convenient. Um, super hyperlinked. It's like funny basically I actually this week was written through two different games, and one was not hyperlinked, and this one was, and it was like. I was looking through. Oh, you know what I think I was looking through actually. I think I was looking through uh, Mothership, One E. Um, no hyperlinks. I, I was looking for one thing specifically, and it was driving me genuinely insane. And I had to look through this for fun, and I was like, "Fuck!" Of course, this one is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, if uh, we need to reach out to somebody involved with Mothership that we may know <laughs> and tell them to hyperlink their fucking shit. Um. So, but like everything, everything's a link. Like even if you roll over, like Tony Jaguar on the cover page links out to um uh, their itch page. Jeff Baker links out to their itch page. Um, Kim Holm, I specifically which is like that. Like yeah, I really so like. Good. We we talked about that before. Obviously, we t- we repeat a lot of the same stuff. But like, I like when there are artists like attributed in a game. Um, and then you click on their name, and it takes me to their work. Like, um, I think it's nice. You know, we should promote each other more. So yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, there are times where, I mean, some people, like if your name is John Smith and you credit them the book, it's going to be really difficult to find their art. Yeah. Yeah. I've looked for art before. I'm like, I don't know where, like, I can't find this person. So. No. So it's really nice to have all of that. Uh, They even hyperlink their own uh, disastertourism.games. Definitely check that out. The guild RPG.quest. Yeah. Which is a, a, a evolving website for guild content, which is great. Go check that out. Um, and then Adventure at Waits. Um, it is a RPG set of Fantasy Kingdom as imagined by old school tabletop games. Best run by three to six players and one GM referenced as the Guild Master. Boom. Disaster Tourism 2022. Got some art here on the side. I think for this the most part. This may be my favorite art piece. I am like was thinking earlier. I was like, damn, I should have made that my uh, background. The next art piece, the. The darkness oh, one. Oh, I was that... gonna say you like this trumpet, like standard. Like, I don't lie, thing. I mind that one, but no, the person with the spear with the dark shadows oh, or yeah, yeah, yeah. things. So good. I think kind this of the must be a start piece, you know. So, so Kirby is with us here in the chat. Tell me if I'm wrong, but uh, the style-wise, I think there may be like four or five pieces, and I'm sh- I'm pretty sure that these are the the Kim Holm ones, and their art is absolutely fucking fire. Like, there's this one, there's a the dragon, the later one. Um, but yeah, this this piece is fantastic. So to, to talk about what he's talking about, basically, it's a person um, in uh, mostly white, but also black holding a spear kind of looking out and behind them is this huge shadowy thing. But it's also uh, at the edges, it's monsters and creatures with claws and hair and troll faces just like looming over them from behind with like eyes in the darkness too. gorgeous fucking piece, a little Big bit piece. of splatter. Yeah. Um, yeah, the inkblot stuff is Kim, and then everything else is the uh, the free use, like public domain stuff. So it's a mix of primarily public domain with like four or five Kim Home art pieces. I will say, um, I do love this piece, but there's a couple times in the um, throughout the layout here where like at the bottom, the art like cuts off onto uh, right like there. a hard line. Yeah. yeah, so either it would have been nice to either have that continue off the edge of the page or be the edge of the page. Um, it just it just gives it a little bit of or or like edit it so that it's like a little not like a hard line clip, um, but yeah a, a really really fantastic piece of art right there. Um, we get to a table of contents page. Um, 
very like in the middle. I wouldn't have minded it not being in a box, but it is completely hyperlinked. Um, history, game overview, aptitude, everything down, all the way down. Um, I like another, it's kind of bookmarky, you know? It, it is, you know, it is bookmarky. Yeah, I kind of yeah. like it. I like the skull at the bottom. So the, the for you, those of you all listening, it is like a narrow column that is almost like a bookmark. At the very bottom is a skull uh, missing its jaw, but with a crown on top. Uh, I like that piece. Kind of feels, yeah, I, I feel like it feels good and centered, but. Yeah, it's a great piece. It's, I feel like I've seen that. There's one or two pieces in this that I'm like, I've seen this one like a bunch of times before. It's definitely a common like free use piece of art, but it's because it's a great little piece of art. Looks solid. Um, all right, moving in. I will say, um, I don't know if people know this, so if you're watching this and you have this, um, Kirby threw in a little something that I love so much. Um, do you see the ellipse in the top left corner of the page on every page? Oh, I so missed that till just now. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that's a good quality of life feature. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, I think would be a great thing to add to this in the PDF, specifically the PDF, because it doesn't matter in the other one, is like a little arrow pointing to this that has like just one line across the top of this in small text that says like, click this on every page to go back to table of contents. Because once once you see it, you see it, you know. But you didn't see it, and how many times have you gone through it? Yeah, like, just one little thing on the very first page that just has, like, a, you know, click for a table of contents, boom, right there, would would make this great. Because anywhere you go, boom, table of contents. You hit page 30, you go, oh, look, there's an ellipse on the page, goes back to table of contents. So fucking good. Why doesn't every game do that? It's because a lot of people don't put as much work in their PDFs. But here's the problem, with a tiny little rant here, where people should charge more for the games. Because right. people put That's effort into true. it, right? PDFs should cost money because at the end of the day, realistically, the work is done, right? The PDF should be the base cost of the game and the book should be the additional cost to cost to print the game. So PDFs should cost more. But here's the thing. If you're going to start charging more for your PDFs, then you need to have more than just a plain PDF that's not searchable, that's completely flat, that doesn't have navigation features, that doesn't have anything of that. I agree PDFs should cost more, but if PDFs are going to cost more, you should get more with the PDF. The baseline should be features like this, like hyperlinks and bookmarks and things like that, because a lot of people in the world are moving to a more digital framework. You know, books should obviously still exist because books are, are better. I love holding a book more, but I often read in PDF because... I, I I just do it to me. My brain works well to be able to search, to to have the navigation, to be able to click and and zoom. Well, my and screen's do so big it. too. It's nice to like be able yeah. to like have it so massively in front of me and and backlit. <laughs> you know. Um. Yeah. So so having that feature, which is a very Troika ish feature, I know it's one of my favorite features. We talk about on Troika a lot is if you click the page numbers or whatever at the top, it takes you back to the table of contents of the chapter. So adding this in. Mm-hmm. Great, great uh, feature. Let's check for bookmarks real quick. No bookmarks, but it's 35 pages, and it does have a table right. of contents, and it takes you back. Not that big a deal. Um, this, I think, more than makes up for it, the ability to just go back to the table of so contents funny. immediately. I'm, I'm, like, really just referencing back to this. I ran Mothership for the first time this week, and so I kept going back to the book, and it's neither bookmarked nor hyperlinked. You're talking about like, 1E, oh. right? Yeah. Yeah. The latest How do you the latest bookmark down, the latest download. It's like they like the day before we played is when they released they're like, hey, here's the here's the final versions of all the like I'm like, oh cool. And yeah, just I'm like now that we're talking about it, I'm just like, oh man, I forgot how frustrating that was. I'm looking Here, for one piece of info. 
here's the thing is like to to an extent i don't want to say i forgive not having hyperlinks but i can understand to a point but like bookmarks like a lot of things yeah. auto bookmark your shit like how do you I not know. have fucking bookmarks in a pdf at the least you know uh, yeah i mean yeah if you're not gonna have hyperlinks you need like yeah it seems like I mean, I'd be fine with just the hyper fucking links, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or, or, the, or minimum, the bookmarks, because you can just click yeah. the bookmark tab and go. It is it is basically hyperlinks, but it's off to the side and not really helpful. So right. anyway, um, anyway, so great, great little feature that's on every page of the PDF. Um, nice to see that. This is this is Guild. Uh, your kingdom is set in a classic fantasy world filled with ancient magics, deadly monsters, and deep places that only the brave dare tread. Nigh on a thousand years ago, one of these brave adventurers took it upon themselves to organize their party into an established group with the goal of taking on adventuring jobs from locals, bounties for monsters, and more. As the centuries passed, many guilds of similar ilk have sprung up all over the world and beyond. From far and wide, the hopeful sacrifice everything to join the guild as underlings. Unsure if their survival is guaranteed, but determined to make a name for themselves despite a hand that is otherwise been harshly dealt to them so yeah that's the world uh a lot of adventuring and then there are guilds that everyone wants to be a part of it kind of reminds me of like fantasy hunter hunter a little bit like the vibe yeah. a tiny bit i was gonna know? say it's, it's very anime um like yeah. my uh my bastards game which we've uh put on pause to play other games because we want to try other tabletop games is a guild based like they work for a guild and they're like getting work from their guild. Um, yeah. So uh, it's, a, I, it's a great format for running things, you know? Yeah, I, I th it's a great it's a great way to create a game because a lot of games have that exactly like you just said or create that in the thing because it, yeah. it, it, def it defaults to like if you're just going to be adventuring, like why are you adventuring? Oh, to get money. Yeah. If, if there's a way to get money, wouldn't there be an organization? Okay, there's a guild. So why don't you make a game that is literally just defined by that aspect of it, as opposed to a whole game where you just basically are playing like a mini game in it. So this is great. Um, there is uh, a little bit of a brief history here. Um, ancient gold bars. There's this uh, uh, little logo for it. I'm pretty sure um, Kirby created this logo. It's it's like a G, but on the left but side there's fancier. two bars. Yeah, it's so fancy. It's got two bars on the on the capital G like the swoop down on the left and then it has this thing on the front that I honestly can't not see quail man um who quail man from Doug remember when he put the belt on his head and he had like the little thing that like looped off the front Listen, is that man, before your time tell me you watched before Doug. my time you no, did not watch with Patty Manny's I mean I, I've seen episodes of it but when it was on I was like six or seven so okay well so it's got this kind of like forward little swoopy thing kind of like an upside down capital J off to the right um so it kind of looks like a G with a couple slashes and a little quail mail belt on the head but it's a cool little logo um this is the guild standard currency it's a two by four by one inch bar a uniquely mint of of I assume some type of gold or, or thing. <laughs> I just love the um, quail man. <laughs> right? Dude, I wanted to quail for Halloween so bad. Um but um uh the the way to mint these bars has been lost to time. So um the guild uses these as their default payment method basically. So um all other coinage is eventually um hoped to kind of become guild bars um and there are ways on this page to to do that so um one um i assume it's called 
guild is is do they ever actually name what the money is called or is it just the logo all the time is it a gilder one g one g one g because <laughs> it's got that um so one um guild is always a burden of one so the game real quick uh let's call it like it's d20 roll under and very inventory based so your right. loadout your burden and everything affects everything else and we'll get to that in a minute so that's why he's talking about burden here and there is a thing that says see burden page 12 and it is hyperlinked um the bars become heavy in large amounts require pack animals and hirelings payment is ours received um in these um um uh, derivatives in these bars um gyms and everything if you just have a small handful it doesn't count towards anything um but as you get these bars it counts towards everything so um the ways to convert your monies are one of these uh bars it's worth four gold um it, you you everything is a quarter higher so okay. uh, four gold equals mm -hmm. a bar four silver equals a gold four copper equals a silver so it's a it's a four standard yeah eight shilling um, four pants yeah you know there you um, go. Poor pants. Yeah. Um, I love also and, I love a dungeon crawling game that makes um bars of money and treasure be a burden of weight, <laughs> you know? I'm just like, that's perfect. Um you want that grittiness. You don't want to be like, oh, I can't carry everything out. Like, or if I if I do, like I'm gonna do it at like a massive disadvantage. <laughs> yeah, I it, it's great. And that and you know me, you know I love a good inventory system. And I it, the the thing about D D the thing about the 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 uh the world's most overhyped fucking role playing game um is that uh it it creates an in first of all the gold standard is so fucking terrible um streamlabs is all fucky right now dude um oh. yeah i'll have to uh ooh Whoops. you know what also i don't know if any of that stuff works anymore since we made a slight change that I'll have to look at. Oh, right. Yeah. So I'll right. have to check literally all of that stuff. So um, anyway, uh, the the gold standard is is all over the fucking place. The burden doesn't matter. When you look at a standard character, they are carrying like 400 pounds of weight. So right. within the first two, three sessions, they always get a bag holding anyway. So what does it matter? Regardless. Anyway, so I, I do really enjoy that this is a burden-based game. I want, and them, I want them to make that choice when they get in the dungeon. It's like, okay, well... Like we have to get out of here, and we have, we have all of this money. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Sucks to suck. Um, you write yourself a little sticky note. Yeah, because I got a. Uh, that's one thing right, that I got. So. Listen, I know, I know. You yeah. know, yeah. I got a nice. Uh, I can't remember what these are called, but a nice little spread of colors here. It's like an orange, a green, oh, a pinkish. Wow. They're like they're like they're like tropical or something like that. They were on sale. It was like two bucks for like four of these. Um, so anyway, uh, moving into the guild, uh, continuing with the story of the guild. Um, it's centuries old organization of adventurers. Um, they they plummet and uh, loot uh, caves and ruins and treasure and. Um, and make a name for themselves within their kingdom because reputation is important. Um, you dive headlong into ancient ruins infested by goblins and kobolds, evil wizards with dungeons, all sorts of stuff. You take jobs. Um, you are given and choose your party wisely because survival is paramount and your paycheck is needed. Um, you can rank up within the guild and you become renowned throughout the kingdom. Um, and the kingdom is entirely up to the players um, or the guildmaster slash GM because you can actually roll to create the kingdom that you exist in. Um, 
as in like the the um, first page or kingdom name generator. So everything you need to do that, that, that I, I love games to do that where you create the world with your characters in like a zero session because like yeah. every aspect of the game then is yours, you know? Yeah. Um, so you create Sorry, weapons, yeah. you create <laughs> magics, you create monsters, you create everything, you create the world. I'm doing great tonight. I'm really very helpful tonight. So yeah, it's really just killing the game. So getting Riveting. directly, yeah, getting directly into aptitude. So the whole game runs around burden loadout and aptitude, basically. So um, aptitude uh, called APT is the core mechanic. Um, it relies on a balance between a character's abilities and the weight of what they carry. The heavier your loadout, again, hyperlink, see page 12, um, the harder it is to accomplish what they want. Um, great word, loadout. Um, uh, the harder it is to accomplish what they want, the relevant attribute offsets, used to be a different word, um, the relevant attribute offsets the character's loadout to create uh, the, apt the, the attribute's aptitude. So, for example, um, there are spaces where there's examples here. We are going to point out some spaces where... Um, uh other examples could have been more helpful as well um but uh example here tess's might is four there's three stats there's might agility and mind so tess's might is four her loadout is three we'll get into what loadout con uh, constitutes in a second but it's basically just the stuff you have equipped um your loadout is three so your might aptitude is calculated as your loadout minus your might resulting in a might aptitude of minus one okay so one of the things that I think I would have done slightly differently with this when we're talking about this is um, I, I think the next thing, the aptitude check, is 1d20 plus relevant attribute. So aptitude check is and saves are resolved by rolling 1d20 plus relevant aptitude. A success is a result lower than the required difficulty. If the result of an aptitude check is below zero, consider it a resounding success. And an additional benefit can be applied to the player's results. So it's D20 roll under. Right. I think this is a slightly wordy way of saying it's D20 roll under. And I might have had that before the example so that when they're reading the example, it becomes a little they're bit more. For thinking about like, oh, yeah, like lower is better. Minus is good. Minus is good. Yeah. So um, and I think like a real emphasis on like mm. the D20 roll under part and maybe a thing that actually says like minus it, the lower is better, like yeah. more emphasis on the fact that the D20 roll under system, because so much of this you're adding stuff to. So this system's a little bit different. I really enjoy the core mechanic, but it's a little bit different because you are subtracting to get an attribute score, which right. is very different than most systems. And even for people that have played games, you know, like this before, especially roll under games, like it takes a second for your brain to kick into it you know yeah so a little bit more uh explanation here in the beginning maybe in a little bit different order might have been like might be slightly slightly helpful for that um and then it says if a certain check doesn't fit any of the aptitudes available players make an argument for one or roll a flat d20 versus a difficulty that's fine i feel like you can yeah. always kind of put it in um but uh, so to calculate might, um, I like agility. having stuff like that though. Like, I, like honestly, in my my table, we would probably figure out like we would fit it to something each time. But I do like when things give you the license to be like, just roll. You know, like yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, it's it's just giving you the option. I feel like uh, we've had this discussion about other things before, where they're like, you know, if in this situation, you could just do this. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I mean, you could. So yeah. 
I, you know, it's it's a fine balance, I think, between kind of like the there was an interesting article that someone wrote one time, and this is not applying to this. It just it came up in my mind where they said there's a difference between like uh, writing a game light and writing kind of like oh uh, like fuck you writing in gaming where it's just like it feels like is it light or did you just not think enough about how you wanted the game to run so you're just like yeah you figured out and this is not that by any stretch of imagination but there's always a fine line between like you let the players let the people running the game decide and i just didn't decide you know what i mean right Yeah, yeah 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 So there's a thing here that says for might, agility, and mind, it's loadout minus each. Loadout minus might is your aptitude. Loadout minus agility is your aptitude. Loadout minus mind is your aptitude. So um, there are example difficulties, which are 15, 10, 5, and 1 for easy, average, hard, and extremely. I probably would just said extreme there. Um, and then there is uh, a little another little box here. Aptitude only changes if might, agility, or mind is increased, or if a player changes equipped armor, trinket, or weapon types. Um... The A on some of this gets lost. I think that maybe I just have like an old version of the PDF because I'm pretty sure that's been changed. Yeah, it's not in the book at all. Um, but my PDF has like the A getting like chopped out in a couple weird spots with the italics. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, I think maybe I just have an old version. So I will say this is probably a good page to talk about one of the critiques that I think we have in the game. Um, the layout a little bit throughout the right. book is... Pro, I, I'd probably say like one of the weaker parts of the whole product. Um, the font is huge. I think it could have been smaller um, to fit more on each page. And the gutter and margins, the gutter is basically non-existent, and the margins are very small and inconsistent throughout the throughout the book. Um, and it just yeah, kind I of. I think I take more issue with the gutters and margins than I do with the font size. I'm like actually okay with how readable it is, because um, uh-huh. like physically holding it, like a lot of times we read something on PDF and then when I hold the book, I'm like, man, the book's just not as readable. And sometimes vice versa. There are many instances of both. But this one, I'm like, it's big on the PDF, but holding it, I'm like, oh yeah, but you know what, man, like. I can really read it. I can really read it in this, um, yeah. which I almost would rather take. I do agree uh, with the inconsistencies um, in the margin, um, and yeah, like in the boxes, the kind of like yeah, uh, it's inconsistent yeah. spacing and everything. Yeah. Yes. Um, but like for example, like if I hold up one of the pages in the book, like the margin is like a centimeter. It's like. Mm-hmm basically nothing and i again i think you're I, I do like having the size of it bigger but also there's like a size of the font on the back of the book right here that i think would be a perfect size the one right under the top um and mm. i think it would have just given a little bit more room um to kind of make the layout a little bit different but yeah. the margins i don't know it feels like someone's texting me in all caps kind of like a lot you know what i mean are my um, eyes getting bad <laughs> i mean again, i think the size is great they are yeah <laughs> Yeah, but the, the the I think the margins, especially like throughout the entire thing, I think they could have just been a little bit bigger and like and the inconsistencies of like the margins throughout. Um, so, for example, yeah. like at, at the top here, it's a very, very small margin for like aptitude above this black bar. But at the bottom, there's like a big white space at the bottom. So I think it, like bringing the margins in and having a more consistent space at the entire thing um, yeah, would I have mean- helped with the layout in general. I think another great example is the padding within the boxes. If you go down to the difficulty um, or the example difficulty and you look at the padding Mm -hmm. around things to the edge of the box, but then you go to the box above it or below it, it's like 
the padding's all gone, so it's kind of touching the edges of the box, like it's trying oh. to break out, you know. Yeah. And just yeah. like a, a little. A little bit layout wise like i i love these like boxes for explaining stuff but like visually um if this box is actually black and the and the font was like white inside of it especially uh, yeah. the bottom one especially the bottom one that has like a that that one doesn't feels less like giving you information more of like a tip or something like that it would have been nice to have that and that could have even just been like a black a black box at the bottom with like uh, a thing in it to to give a little bit more like highlighted information but yeah, I think that's throughout the thing that that's one of the things that I think is the most inconsistent um, is the layout and yeah. the margins and paddings. And like you said, things aren't centered. There's not consistency throughout some of the margins, the different pages are in different spots. I would say that that would be if I had like the biggest critique about this, it would just be the the general that like just that um, throughout the whole thing and just areas where there's like, I don't know, we'll talk about that as we go through. But um. But yeah, that would be that. So uh, getting into an adventurer is born. This is how to do character creation. So um, you roll 1d4 plus 1 for each of your attributes, which is my... Do you want to do a character throughout this? Do you want to I'm, 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 I was already doing yeah. it. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so you yeah. d4 plus 1 for might, agility, and mind. Um, and then you Fuck roll it. on the I'm tables gonna use, provided. I'm going to use an actual character sheet for this. So. Fuck yeah. Well, you get a whole pad. Um, I know. Look, I love a pad of character sheets, dude. Bro, the pad of, and the character sheets are really, really nice too. We'll we'll get to an example at the back of the book, but you can just see like it's a thick fucking pad of character sheets, and it's really, really nice. Um, and there's a thing in the back of the book that's really that I love in games, and we'll get to it where there's actually like an explainer sheet of like yeah. how to fill out your character sheet. It's a great example of what to do. Um, so it's nice to have that. It's a great sheet. I rolled three fours dope fuck yeah all right <laughs> so you got four 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 across the board damn okay. okay uh so oh yeah so there's an example um on page um i think this got chopped a little bit i think it might be 26 um but it is also hyperlinked Five. um so uh you first roll your three stats and then you roll on all the tables provided to create your adventurer um so uh there first you get you roll a heritage which is D12. Um, there's farmer, right. smith, minstrel, unknown, weaver, mason, soldier, cobbler, barber, carpenter, tailor, noble, uh, and noble. Um, so whatever you roll and maybe one or two more, we'll, we'll just talk about what the heritage uh, gives you. So what did you roll? I rolled a barber. Dope. Okay, so what barber? What, what number <laughs> Dude, is that? It's so funny that I rolled a barber. <laughs> right. So, uh, barber, the child of a much relied upon surgeon, because um, barbers back in the day were often surgeons, uh, watching and training and Still carefully are. slicing. Yeah, care, carefully slicing and sewing <laughs> has given you a slight upper hand with small blades. Add minus two to all attacks with concealed weapons. That's dope. Ooh. Yeah. So minus again, minus is better because you're doing a roll under. Um, so that's uh, that's that. So this is this is one of the examples of things I was talking about. Like I wouldn't have minded this piece of spot art on the top of eight um, to not be there. It could have given a little bit more room underneath um, to bring up maybe another what like six up to the page above it, and then you could have maybe had enough room to put the spot art big on the bottom of this page, and it just mm-hmm. would have been like a little bit cleaner. Um, but uh, there's some areas where there's like, so the bottom right of page nine just has like a big thing here that maybe could have been like a little piece of spot art or something, um, or just like readjust the, the the layout a tiny bit to, to have a little bit less there. Um, then you do personal, I've looked at this so many times and it says personal effects, that should be effects. 
Should it be? Uh, yeah. So personal is effects it? is. Yeah, Google that. Personal effects is weighted unless weightless unless noted. You roll one d thirty. Um, how would you roll the one d thirty without an online generator? What would you do? Ooh, a one d thirty without an online. I would. Uh, I would use an online generator. Yeah, I would go. I would do go to anydice.com or maybe dot mm. org. Dot com. But yeah. Roll me, roll me a one d thirty. And this is your personal effects. They're weightless. They're just stuff that you have. So, like for example, number one is chewing leaves, bush root, and a clump of mint. Um, ooh, someone is not a uh, Oxford comma user. Um, what did you roll for your one d thirty? Hold on. There we go. Uh, Fifteen. Ooh. You got a red flute, stretched fox skin. And a wooden mallet. So there is an asterisk on this. It says items with this symbol are heavier than most others and are one burden. So your wooden mallet is a burden to you. Just have a wooden mallet. You know, from my barber background, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, your barber uh, plays a lot of croquet Um, (laughs) as a surgeon. Uh, I think I said a red flute. It's a reed flute because I can't fucking read. Um, And then uh, Guild Motivation. I love this page so much. So it's already a guild. You know that you're doing stuff. There's there's a built-in motivation regardless, leveling up in your guild, getting money, all of that. But a lot of games, we've talked about this numerous times, will create a cool world, will give you a cool system, but not give you any fucking reason to do anything. Like, why are you leaving your home to go do stuff? So I love this. So there's four motivations that you could have in your guild. It's glory, gold, gore, and guts. Love all the Gs. It's a great, great mix of stuff here. So uh, glory. Yeah. So glory is your only motivation to be renowned and revered. Um, so what What did you what did you get? One. Oh, oh so I'll continue oh. to read. Um, you you want renown and revere throughout the guild and the rest of the kingdom. Ranking up in the guild costs 10 um, guilds less per rank after apprentice. Oh, cool. That's dope. Oh, that's actually sick. Yeah. So, uh, so you you pay to upgrade in the guild, and we'll get to that too. So, uh, two is I'm gonna go through all of these because I really like these a lot. So, yeah, like gold, four and they're good. So, yeah, yeah. You only care about one thing: shiny metal plaques of gold. Always find an extra plus two. Um, <coughs> is there a name? And I'm completely missing it. I'm gonna call them guilders. Guilders, two guilders in chests or treasure storage. Um, number three is gore. You love killing. Your party is careful to stay out of your range. On every killing blow you make, add plus three damage to the next hit. I mean, that it is... says ancient gold bar is G, so it's like... Oh, so uh, Kirby said Gilders is great, um, but it's just gold, but now it's Gilders. You can even put a G in there and have it be Gilders as in, like, the Gilders, you know? Like, it's a thing. Um, uh, That's what and it is then... now. Yeah, and then guts, uh, you're meek, but determined to overcome weakness you see in yourself. Your determination gives you an edge at the start of combat. Gain minus two to your first roll in every combat encounter. Love that. You know? Yeah. Leave it. Um, <laughs> or whatever. So, um, uh, additional character information. So uh, you, yeah. <laughs> Um, God, I, it's, the, listen, honestly, I have not finished Naruto Shippuden, but really? 
Uh, no, because I until I guess the war happens, it's trash. And I still, to this day, will not not say that the best arc in all of Naruto that I have seen is the Sasuke Retrieval arc because they become men in that arc, and it's the it is pain like arc. the pain, like it, it's it's the pain arc, man. It's like. I don't know. Pain, I, like, you know, you know what I stopped watching Naruto Shippuden during the pain arc when he gets to the pain cave and does his talk no jutsu and hey, just listen. is like, hey, man, I know you're sad. It's cool. <laughs> I'm sad, too. Let's be friends. Shit. I'm like, I'm done. I know you. I just give you me know you. You know yeah. that I know you. <laughs> give, give me the honestly hot take here. If the show was called Uchiha. And it was okay. a story of the Uchiha clan. It would have been a much better show. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is, it is kind of the story of the Uchiha clan. It is the, it is the entire story of the Uchiha clan. Pulled back large way, yes. Yeah. So. Uh, anyway, so additional character information. Uh, you wield right. your trusty but feeble weapon. Uh, feeble weapons use either agility or might aptitude. The examples are wooden chair leg, um, Aunt Lorenzo's femur, a splintered broomstick. So this gives you a loadout and a value. But I don't. So it also gives you this D3 table and then a damage thing here. But there, at this point, there's not really an explanation of what that means. Um, mm. like yeah. Why is there a D3 table and why does damage change? Um, I also would not have minded not having these brackets on the D3. The table, just the table in general, but there, since there's so much space at the bottom, could have just been like a larger table, could have been right. in like a, a box for both, could have just been a little bit more um, because the size of it becomes smaller than all the font above it um, and leaves a lot of space on the bottom. But there's no explanation here for what this means until you get much later to the weapon page where it kind of explains like you roll, I think when you find it, to see how much damage your femur does. So you you could roll a two and that femur does like 1d2 damage as opposed to right. something else. So there's a variation on the weapon you find. You found a really good solid femur, you know. Yeah, very... yeah. Aunt Lorenzo's. She was a she was a she she was big boned. We'll just say that. I'm gonna keep what I was gonna say to myself. Um and then you wear frail and pathetic armor. Example, a plow horse's blanket, your parents' nightshirt, a cracked wine cask with shoulder straps. Um, the loadout is one and the value is zero. You can roll a D4 to give you different armor ratings. So, um, I'm going to go then, ahead and just, hold on, I got to roll real quick. I mean, you keep going, but I'm going to keep, I'm gonna keep yeah. rolling. Keep rolling, so, rolling, rolling, rolling. What? Oh my God, that hurts my soul. So flip a coin to determine if you remember to bring a somewhat functioning shield and then it tells you it's a six rating with two loadout and no value or a broken, a broken trinket, which is a 1D2 um, uh, essence, uh, one potency and one loadout, no value. So we get to trinkets. Um, if you carry the amulet, decide which magics you know from the magics table, which is on page 30. Um, players carry up to 15 plus might in their inventory referenced as burden. Your loadout is the weight of only equipped weapons, armor, and trinkets. Anything not in current use does not count towards the loadout. Small items the size of a hand can be stored at no cost. Um, there's an explanation of armor rating. It relates to how much damage the armor takes before permanently breaking. So damaged armor is repaired by the guild. So as far as I can tell here, uh, armor is not soak. Armor is like points that get broken down, which in a burden-based system is fucking fantastic because like, yeah, you absolutely. have to keep keep having more inventory which is uh, i love it so great so um what did you roll for your for your feeble weapon uh damage and your and your pathetic armor oh so for my femur because that's what it is i rolled a uh 1d2 femur uh um, okay. 
So it does either one or two damage. Um, uh -huh. And then for my armor, for my leather stuff I'm wearing, um, I actually rolled a four. So it has a rating of eight. eight. I know. So that's that's interesting for just pathetic armor. We'll look at armor it's later to see how it kind of scales. Really good a bit. pathetic armor. It's as good that's as the pathetic eight. armor could get. So yeah, literally, and that's eight points of damage you can take on like what could be like your parents' nightshirt. But when we get to armor, we'll explain that a little bit more. Um, oh, that's what it's my parents' nightshirt now. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. You know. There you go. Um, from from the barber. Um, it comes with that little <laughs> like the little hat too. With the, the thing. So armor rating relates to how much damage armor takes. Uh, damage armor is repaired by the guild blacksmith for a, for a fourth of its value. Uh, a fourth or four is is a thing throughout this lot, and I like when there's consistency with stuff like that. I love mm -hmm. threes. Fours are great. Yeah. Um, broken armor is repaired for half value. Once it's broken, um, it doesn't do anything for you, and you could die. Um, uh, on some occasions, injuries to aptitudes may be used as negative effects from poison or other such debuffs. They can also be replaced with permanent bodily harm. See the critical effects in death page, which is hyperlinked. Uh, certain items might be necessary to purchase from the guild for your bounties or delves. Um, and then the guild always offers these items and more at at at, at these rates. I think that A is, is there. But in other places, they may be priced higher to accommodate. So there is a list of items here. See, and but this this table here seems more consistent like the the padding the margins everything is nice totally. process Absolutely. i think using this as an example throughout the entire thing would have been nicer than some of the tables that are just like the bar in the middle without the whole box i think this box style would have been nicer for for some things all the way through um so uh there's 10 inch pole there's 25 foot rope there's iron spikes it gives you your value and the burden so a lot of times what you what you'll get through everything is value and burden is how much is it worth but how much is it cost you to carry it so some yeah. things might be worth that and might not be worth that um which is really cool yeah there's, um, a, there's a fun like balance of like values like there's two different ones the coin and the or like not just the coin but like the weight of it and the other qualities of it that goes on through this entire game and i could just see a lot of really like kind of hard choices being made in dungeon at the time it's just like oh fuck uh do i keep this or do i keep this my armor is destroyed it does nothing for me, but it still weighs something. Do I keep yeah. it on me or do I ditch it and try and make it out with as much as I can and maybe buy myself some new armor on my way or right, when I get out, you know? Yeah. And I love those moments where like we're already I'm already in here, like I know exactly what these moments are gonna look like. And I'm gonna enjoy watching my player characters make these decisions where they're just like Oh, that sucks. Why do I have to choose? <laughs> right? Well, the example you did, it was fucking perfect because, yeah, broken armor, it still only costs half to fix it. But if you're right. close to leveling up and you need as much gold as possible, you're like, fuck. Yeah. Like, fuck, I, yeah. <laughs> I need the money, but I have to buy the shit. Um, one of the things about the character section that, that might have been a little helpful, too, you know we love a nice numbered list. If there is a numbered list that says, like, mm, a number one, roll we do, we 40. We do love yeah. steps. Here are the steps yeah. making a character. Yeah, roll heritage, yeah. roll this, roll that, you know, do that. I think that, that'd be a nice little thing. You could also, like I said, get rid of this piece of, like, spot art at the top, have, like, that list here, um, and then just kind of clean up the, these two pages a little bit as far as, like, the, the little bit extra on the thing, and that would have been, been cool. But, yeah, we do love a list of numbered steps. Um, next, we're getting into working in the guild. Um, I will say... So this is working in the guild, but when you, we're talking here specifically about things like armor and weapons, I might have moved the armor and weapons section up under this section right away. 
as opposed to putting it like much later in the book so that um, here, let me let me click these ellipse and go back to the table of continents. Boom. Uh, so we're talking about working in the guild and then armaments is like one, two is like three or four down and armaments before fighting. But it might have been nice, too. So then you understand the fighting rules a little bit more based on like what you um, what you're wearing and fighting with. Yeah, that's so. Fair. So yeah. let me click this hyperlink here to go right back to where I was. Boop. Look at that. It Look how nice that is. Extremely usable. So, yeah. Um, so underling bounties, uh, working in the guild, um, at the beginning of a campaign, players create their underlings and together with the guild master, choose which type of adventure they begin with. So you start as underlings. So you're not even a fucking apprentice. You're not even right. in the guild yet. Right. Um, and you can choose to either do a funnel style adventure, which I think would be perfect for this. I oh, love it. Who I, doesn't love a good funnel? I honestly, I love that that's in here. I, I think not enough games immediately go, Hey, you can run a funnel with this. And like, cause I think that is one of the best ways to open up for a group for a new game is just like uh you know create a bunch of create a bunch of people and watch it see who can have the most spectacular death that is what i tell my table yeah. i'm like the unwritten rule of this is see who can have the most spectacular and idiotic death you know you know, and I'll, listen you get a gilder get you, yeah. you just start with two <laughs> gilders you know what i mean like do something like i so i know we're going to get to dcc eventually right. i really would love to run, to play some dcc before we review dcc and mm, I would really love, yeah, yeah, I would love to get a grasp of it because we have some people in our community that are very, very oh, about gooey. DCC. Yeah, yeah, they're very. Um, this might, I, and now I know DCC players independently in my own life, and they're also like that. Uh, yeah, it's a fucking, it's a cult, but it's a good one. <laughs> I, I would like to at least you know dabble in it. Um, but um, I really want to play um, fucking um, Starless Sea so bad like i, I just mm. want to to have that experience of of getting to to be like i i got to play that before i ever read it you know i died 18 you know, times if you listen you know? to this show at all you could never tell that we have adhd you'd never be able to tell like no. we're so on point the entire time and <laughs> i went with coffee instead of adderall to start the episode today so uh we are killing the game so yeah so anyway so underlings uh funnel style is the way to go players could choose to create more than one that's how the funnels work um alternate alternatively underlings accom accompany a guild champion or uh, on a bounty or hired job in doing so uh the medal of the new guild members is put to the test during the adventure whenever common encounter occurs players roll 1d10 the lowest result takes control of the guild champion at the end of the adventure the guild champion pays each underling 1d4 plus four however any additional treasure goes to the champion i i actually also really enjoy that a lot the fact that you're just a bunch of like you know what you know what that is it's the first adventure that um uh naruto sasuke and sakura went on with uh kakashi where those okay. guys attacked him and you remember how like they had like the chains um, and he turned to and then saw and he had like the he did the thing where he like choked them both and they're running in on the people that's what this bridge? is because it's no 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 before the bridge oh. oh before the bridge it's like literally the first outside adventure it's those two dudes come and like they have like the chain thing that wraps around and they think kakashi's dead and then sasuke jumps in front of sakura and he's ready to fight but then kakashi like double clotheslines him oh yeah vaguely well it's been a real long time since i've seen that yeah. early on, so. that's what this feels like is you're just a, a a nobody with no power and you have this like great person that goes with you you test your metal someone's there to protect you but i love the idea of 
roll to see who gets to control that person each time because you get like an <laughs> intro into the game because underlings don't have the same abilities that everyone else has but right. each combat you could also have a thing where you just like rotate who gets to take care of them or who gets to control them each time you can like kind of like test how uh, a higher level character works without having the burden of like needing all of it at one time that's a very kind of, that's I, a very I, that's a very clever idea i do like that so yeah i think this is uh, a really great way i have not seen goblin slayer so Nah, I saw the first episode because everyone said I gotta watch the first episode, and that was it. Um, um, don't forget to pay your dues after every job. The guild takes ten percent before payment. Um, another piece of spot art here. It's kind of a it's kind of a um complicated piece for a size this big. Um, I almost would have instead liked this. Don't forget to pay your dues thing as like a bar across the bottom, filling in that bottom mm, space. Yeah, yeah. I, I think more that. black bars and boxes because I love the black bar across the top of each page. I think more yeah. use of that throughout the layout would have been really, really nice. Uh, it kind of in like a um. Oh, I think me and Kirby did that one. Kind of like a dead halt style. Uh, would have been. I really like that. Um. So working in the guild, getting promoted. So this is what I'm talking about. So like before fighting, before armaments, before all that, we're talking about like promotion in the guild. I wouldn't mind if it switched a little bit or if this kind of stuff was like before the character stuff. Like just a little. This feels kind right. of like it's in the middle when it could have been above or below. So, uh, do you want to go through working in the guild? Do you want to tell us how you get promoted? Or? Yeah, uh, working guild. So, we have a nice little table that shows your underling apprentice journeyer, um, expert in champion, um, and the uh, cost associated um, in, in co now coin guilders, uh, but ancient gold bars, essentially. Um, yeah, uh, when a player reaches the apprentice rank, uh, they may have access to the guild's resources, hirelings, pack animals, trainers, and smiths. Really like that. Uh, I like that there's a benefit to the guild, but you really get, you got to get in first. You know, you got to make it. Um, if the ta uh, table would like to start the game at apprentice level, each player chooses one item from the armaments table they want to outfit themselves with. If the table wants to start with an even higher rank, the guild master doles out 10 plus players in uh ancient gold bars guilders uh per rank uh to each player uh which they can then use to purchase any upgrades from the guild that they want um i can tell you right now i would always start as an underling i'd be like you guys are total oh. pieces of shit like you're gonna earn your way up from the bottom yeah. you know Absolutely. i mean i am also a fan um i'm a fan of like the first few levels of any game, you know, almost always like, I'm like, yeah, you have nothing in your suck at everything. You're really going to try for this, you know, yeah. it's going to cost mm -hmm. you blood. It's going to cost you sweat. And you guys are going to stress about this. Yeah. So I, I really, so with people that, so for, let's take 5e for example, cause we both played it. Um, when I would play with people that had previously played it, I would always start with like level three or level five, because it's fucking pointless to do the early levels. Right. But, the early levels, if you've never played it, I would just power level, where on session one, you're level one, and session two, you're level two, on session three, you're level three, and then just kind of go and then decide how to do it from there. But because if you if you start new players at level three, like you just said, they never understand what it feels to have like no armor and four hit points. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, a, it's a great <laughs> way. And this is it's built in. You're like, and, okay, um, well, hey, listen, one hit from a bugbear, bro, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so ranks, uh, yeah, underling apprentice, journeyer, uh, expert, champion, and then the oh, cost I to go up. I did not talk about yeah. bonuses. Um, yeah, yeah. 
the, the bosses are pretty fucking sweet. The so like when you get to Journeyer, it's like the increased like one d six carry weight, which is like a big one. Um, and then the uh, the Gilder bonus per job one d four. I'm like, oh okay, cool. So like as you get better, you make more and you can carry more. It's like a very yeah. uh, uh God, what's it called? When it's not like a flat growth. It's uh, linear. No. What? Exponential. Yes. Very exponential, like potential growth. You know. Yeah. 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 That makes sense because that underling you get nothing. The apprentice you just get the gilder, and then it goes. Your carry weight goes from journeyer d6, expert d8, champion d10, and your bonus for journeyer goes from d4 to expert to d6 to champion to d10. So there's definitely like a like a step yeah. stepwise up advancement. So like that's huge. Like an extra one yeah. d10 carry weight is fucking huge, and especially yeah. in this in this system. I think this piece of art at the bottom might not be centered, um, but uh, the next part is hirelings. Uh, paying hirelings to do heavy lifting is a privilege granted to official guild members. So the, the difference between underlings and hirelings, you get to be an underling, but you can hire hirelings. Um, hirelings will only engage in combat encounters that they feel is absolutely necessary. All hirelings deal one damage. Um, they have um, hit dice, which are D8, uh, which is their health, um, but also many hirelings. Uh, burden is the total carry weight that they have, um, and you can also rent pack animals, um, but renting isn't cheap. Um, purchasing pack animals is an alternate option. However, a pack animal is three times the cost up front, and there's HD for the pack animals. So there's two tables here. Again, I like these tables a little bit better. They just seem like they're a little bit more consistently sized and stuff. Um, but, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's yeah. so much room on this page here that the whole thing could have mm -hmm. just been bigger, you know, across the board. So hireling, burden, cost, and HD. Your hireling, there's a single, a pair, a gang, or a pack. A single um, is considered 1d8. Uh, they can have 1d8 burden. A pair is 2d8. Gang is 3d8. Pack is 48. The cost of the hirelings up is 10, 20, 40, or 60, and the HDs are 1, 2, 6, or 10. Um, and then the, with pack animals, goat, pig, pony, cow, horse, or draft horse. Um, the pig can carry more than the goat. I feel like maybe that should be switched because I feel the like... The pig can carry more than the goat. Hmm. Yeah. And then there is burdens, 10, 35, 80, 140, 180. A draft horse can carry 250, which is just crazy. Um, the costs go from 30 to 40 guilders and HD go from one all the way up to eight. The pig gets one plus four. Could have tweaked that box out a tiny bit and then done the um, plus four. Um, working in the guild, guild upgrades. Again, so I think one of the things is the consistency with the boxes. So these all have boxes around them. But if you go to the next table, it doesn't have a box around it. I wouldn't mind it having a box around it. Just I just want to play as the fucking knight who owns the pig that drags everything around on his pig. <laughs> <laughs> right the pig knight yeah you can have the the pig knight with uh with your mallet um and your <laughs> yeah. your your badass extra double thick flannel parent nightgown <laughs> um uh when you're granted so these are guild upgrades you can get granted those you get access to things like smiths or trainers um you can uh, upgrade all sorts of stuff but upgrading a bladed weapon and a blunt weapon each once costs four guilders again a lot of the consistency of fours throughout this lot um upgrading either a second time is six um same goes for magic each upgrade adds plus one of the item um trinkets can gain plus one to potency and plus one to essence um we haven't really talked about trinkets or essence or anything yet so we'll get to that um and then there's weapon armor 
attributes, trinket, and magic upgrades um, all on the table provided. So there's an upgrade and then there is a cost. So your first upgrade is four, second is nine, third is 15, fourth is 25. So you can keep upgrading, but I like that it increases in the cost. Um, I'm curious why four, nine, 15, 25, as opposed to like an exponential, like a four, eight, 16, 24. Um, hmm. But, uh, but yep, a uh, piece of spot art here on the bottom, which is neat. I like this scimitar with the kind of like buried branch. Um, okay, so we're now we're getting now we're getting into combat, which if you scroll, we're gonna scroll forward a page. I love this piece of art on the bottom. This is obviously another piece of like Kim home. Uh, is it home? I, home, right? Like I wanna make sure I'm saying that correctly. Um, another piece by Kim here at the bottom, which is a, a person holding a dead or dying person with a very like splatter um, style, but there's like blood on this one. So there's like blood splatter across the bottom. Yeah. Love this piece of art. Like this stuff is definitely what shines through is the art on this thing. So fighting in combat, I will say um, some of the ways that is uh, described in here, I might've done a little bit differently, but um, right. so combat is resolved in turns taken in any order that the table has predetermined. A simple guide might be using the agility aptitude scores from ascending to descending. I might have just said, do that, or you could determine a different way per your table instead of like saying, do whatever you want. But here's an example. I might have been like, here's what you could do, but you could do something else. Um, guild members declare which enemies they are attacking, and those enemies respond to them. If more than one player is attacking the same enemy, that enemy's target is determined by the guild master. After each player has taken their turn, the enemies make their attacks. The guild master may choose to ignore the enemy's turn altogether for weaker foes or for faster combat. I like that. I like that little aside in here. This is one of those options that could have been like like a black bar or something in the loadout yeah. to like something a little know. like yeah, a little set off as like actually an aside. Yeah, for like for the like guild masters, you can choose to do yeah. this kind of thing. So the next part is a part where it, like I had to read a couple of times the first time I read it. So it says melee attacks will always be rivaled by the target of the attack. The ranged attacks, however, will use the target's attack roll as a dynamic difficulty, meaning a spellcaster needs to beat the enemy's attack roll to hit it from afar. If a ranged attack misses, the targeted enemy may take the option to close the gap for the next round, take a free attack against the closest melee target, or any other move the GM sees fit to make. I'll stop there and talk about this paragraph. One, okay. I love the idea first. I do, like, like functionally, this is great. Um specifically the part great. that i like yes yeah, spe specifically the part i like the most about this is on a ranged attack if you miss the enemy gets to automatically close with you if yeah. they want i so love that maybe we should have started with what is saying by melee attacks will always be rivals that this is an opposed check like yes combat is opposed um right. so that's that's I the would have thing used the word opposed like, yeah immediately yeah Right uh, I, it took me a while to be like, I don't understand, and then we have to keep reading through it. So melee attacks are opposed God, checks. That, that range attack rule is great. I also it's I so like good. the dynamic difficulty. Like I like mm -hmm. it's like yeah, it's, I mean they stumbled this round, so it's like they like the enemy rolled like shit. So it's like well you're gonna fucking hit this round because they rolled like shit. They stumbled or whatever. But yeah, you with yeah. it, man, and they get to run up on you. Amazing, yeah. fantastic, so good. really good couple of things though like you use the target's attack roll as a dynamic difficulty there's no real explanation of enemies yet at this point so right. to even know what the enemy attack roll 
doesn't really have a thing. An example here, an example of play for combat would have been fucking huge. Like, I love this piece of art here on the bottom, but this whole half a page at the bottom could have been a walkthrough of combat that would have made this so much clearer yeah. and easier. I mean, I personally would have broken up the section and been like, you know, how is combat resolved in time-wise? Like, mm. and then how do turns work? How does attacking work? How does how's melee attacking work? How's range attacking work? Yeah. Like I would have it, really broken it up instead of explaining it all as one piece, as one continuous thought. Um, hmm. Just to be like, okay, combats, turns, and rounds. This is how initiative works or doesn't. Um, combat is opposed. You'll roll enemy rolls. Like, yeah. Yeah. Even a numbered list of like, this is the order in which things right. go would have been great. Um well, I'm going to finish this and we'll, we'll finish this first page and we'll talk a little bit more about it. So, but losing the attack roll against enemies forces players to take the brunt of the damage on their armor or shield. Um, enemy attacks do double damage if they win the roll by less than 10, full damage at less than five and half damage at less than one. So this is another one that I, I had a little bit of a thing with. So yeah. losing the attack basically means that if you roll less than the enemy, the enemy gets to do damage to you. Right. Um, and then it can go against your shield or, or whatever. But if the enemy attacks do double damage, if they win the roll by less than 10. So it's a it's a roll under system. So my brain automatically goes, well, if you wouldn't it be if you lose the roll by more than 10? No, that's a greater than it's a lesson sign. An L is the lesson sign. Those are lesson signs. So. um. That's how I always remember less than is like I was always taught that the one is less than so it looks like an L if you turn it a little bit. Um Y'all are making me think about eats, it and I'm the a little, little fish bit eats tonight. the big fish. Yeah. So less is on the left. Yeah, the little fish eats the big fish. So um but that's exactly what I thought then. So it should be if they go by greater than ten. You get double damage. <laughs> um, if it's full damage for greater than five and half damage if uh, greater than one. Am I right or am I wrong? Did you Google's? Oh, sorry. I I I thought it sounded like y'all had it sorted out. So, um, but I so the lesson or greater than one, I probably would have done that a little bit because technically anything is greater than one. So I guess like it, ten is greater than five. Ten is greater than one. Um, enemies can do double damage. I think if the roll is 10 that or is more, the, that is the less than. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, uh, if the, if they win the roll by, um, I probably would have just been, I just would have wrote by more than 10 full right. damage. If it's five to 10 and half damage, if it's like one to five or if it's one or, or if it's, or if it's, it's by one. So basically I really so the love more they beat the shit out of you in the role. The further away they get from your role, the higher up the, it's like, it's, I, I like the idea though. Like I like uh -huh. the whole, like, Oh, they real way, way better than you. They're going to beat the fuck out of you guy. I love uh, it. An example yeah. here would have been fantastic, though, especially in the example of play. So basically what right. it sounds like is if it because it's a roll under, if I were to roll a 15 and they roll a four, they double their fucking damage. Yes, that's how I'm reading yeah. it. Yeah. And I love I do. Lo I love yes. that mechanic. I think like that that is an interesting way to do somewhat of like a mixed success where but it's yeah. mixed success for damage. I, I like mixed success for damage. So though. I like that idea. Yeah, that's cool. It's 
So good. Um, So if a player is a target of an attack and does not wish to risk being hit, they may instead roll agility aptitude at a minus four bonus against the attack roll. A success means they've avoided the strike. A failure means they take the full damage. This is another part where I might explain that a little differently. I think that means on a bad guy's turn, when they try to hit you, as opposed to doing an opposed attack check, you could just instead do an agility aptitude check to avoid it as opposed to even trying right. to do damage back. Yeah. So I probably would have put that like on an enemy's turn, a player could instead do an agility aptitude check. Yeah. Um, I feel like this, this, this is kind of like a, what you can do on your turn, uh, what you can, you can do on an enemy's turn. Like, I just feel like this would benefit from being broken up into smaller yeah. sections. I think that would For make sure. a world difference in like, your understanding it like compartmentalizing it into little bite-sized bits especially for someone like me because like i'm i'm dumb and i like reading <laughs> stuff that's like that just contains enough information for that one small block and then you expand on that like kind of idea so i agree yeah completely and then the last paragraph on this page says <clears throat> players may also flee once a player's fled combat they cannot return until combat has ended i like that um i will say uh, let's I'm gonna, let's go through the the last two bits here, and then we'll talk about a little bit more. So attacking, there is a thing here. It says attacking. It gives a breakdown. Roll one d twenty plus relevant aptitude against the enemy's one d twenty plus attack modifier. That could have been. That would be in that up. section I was just talking about, like how combat yep. works. You know. Yep. As opposed to being on the next page. So the lowest roll wins and deals damage accordingly. That literally just should have been a box under like as the aside like explainer to break this down and then there's a killing enemy section weapon attacks and magic that hit enemies are assumed to bypass the armor worn and instead deal damage to their health when their health reaches zero they die i don't understand that so what's the point of enemies having armor at all if it's assumed to bypass the armor entirely am i am i misreading that oh i don't know i did i'm gonna be honest i don't remember reading this part because i'm now like wait do enemies let me look real quick and then the additional notes in the event of a tie the attack roll always goes to the enemies which i love <laughs> fuck you players um and even the enemies or players would have a stealth attack the stealthing party would instead make an attack roll with a minus five attached to the I relevant see... um sorry what are you saying uh attached to the relevant aptitude unless otherwise ruled by the guild master i think that's a great i like that because basically uh, math wise it's not perfect math people but um yeah. in a d20 a a uh advantage and disadvantage is roughly a five ish right yeah i'd like just being like fuck it just give them a minus five so it's a roll yeah. under again so minus five is better i'd like if it's a stealth attack they just get minus five and then you do your thing i think that's a great little note here i think really enjoy that. i think that's totally yeah. totally uh good also um so um enemies <clears throat> have a type a and we'll get to a type example of the enemy damage hit dice attack um and then a drop list so they don't have armor so i think maybe that's just like a wording issue it's like okay. it's just assumed when you attack them that like you're not hitting their armor or anything you're just doing direct damage to them so so enemies don't get an armor score the way that people get an armor right. score their they armor do, is drop like shitty armor and stuff you know gotcha yeah gotcha 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 that makes sense so i will say one of the things that i read this a bunch of times before i realized it um what it, how do players move in combat i don't know so yeah there's not really an explainer for the amount you can move if you get one move per turn um the only thing really is about um uh fleeing 
which I do enjoy the fleeing rule. Like once you're gone, um, you're gone. So it sucks for you and it sucks for your party if you decide to run out. But yeah, so um, I, I really, really, really enjoy the all of how this combat works. I just think maybe the way it's written could have been redone in a way that made it a little bit uh, like broken down by by what players can do, what enemies can do, the fallout for all of that. Um, and I think there's enough room. I Like I said, I do love this piece of art here on the bottom, but um, this could be rebroken down, broken out a little bit more, the examples put up in it, and maybe like an example of combat into this without having to add any other pages um, and maybe putting this gorgeous piece of art from Kim on another page. But I just think the in a game that's probably going to be pretty heavily combat, I probably would have had this higher. Um, and I think just a rewriting of breaking it down a little bit more player and enemy, what can be done, like how a round of combat rolls out. And maybe an example would have been a little bit more, would have been a little helpful in um, uh, having it run a little bit um, or having it be a little bit easier to run. Um, then we're going to get into the critical effects and death section. We're actually close to the end here. We're on page 19. There's 35 pages, but a lot of the uh, ones towards the end are just tables. So um, if the result of attack is negative, because again, roll under, uh, and the player has won the roll, uh, they get a critical success to determine the outcome. Um, if the result of the attack by the player is a natural 20, which is the worst you can do because it's a roll under system, the enemy and the enemy has rolled any negative number uh, you get the critical failure table to determine the outcome. It's interesting that the critical failures are kind of like you have to have a double whammy. So like in order to have a critical success, um, you just need um, to roll negative. But in order to have a critical failure, you have to roll a nat 20 and the enemy has to roll negative. So the odds, I feel like the odds of that are pretty small. Maybe I'm misreading that. Um, but yeah. Um, and if attack ever reduces the player's armor to zero, that player rolls 1d12 on the armorless critical effects table. Um, and if the... Is that hyperlinked? It is! Um, if the attack after the armor is reduced to zero um, still had more points of damage equal to the player's might, the player dies immediately. So basically, if there's carryover from getting your armor to zero and that carryover amount is equal to the amount of might you have, you're just fucking dead. Nice. I like that. I like insta death. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's it? What's it called when you can just fucking like? Uh, mm -hmm. I don't remember what it's called. You know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah. Sure. There's a way to just instantly fucking like kill somebody. Um, some attacks may hit a player's unarmored body part or a or pierce a piece of armor straight through, and character damage is necessary. Um, giving. Yeah, that's it. Is thanks, Kirby. Um, uh and character damage is necessary, apply injuries to that character's attributes. Once a character has an injury to an attribute twice its original value, the character dies or is permanently incapacitated, uh, whichever is more likely. Injuries can be healed after resting for a period of time determined by the guild master. And there is an example here. Tess was bitten by a giant rat, which is a minor enemy and has poison. So Tess now has plus two to might for 1d2 days or until cured by the rat's poisonous bite. So... That caused an injury to Tessa's might, right? So if her might was four, and now she's at a plus two, um, if you ever get to, what is it, twice your attribute? Yeah, twice. So if she has a might of two, right? Right. And then she gets another injury for another right. plus two, she's just dead because she's her might is now gone, and she is permanently incapacitated. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. 
so I imagine <laughs> in a dungeon, if you're if you go into like a poison dungeon, there's literally a risk that you'll just get injuries directly to all of your attributes, and you're that's just amazing. Dead. I love that. So it's great. It it feels like just a, a hint of like the um, uh, is it? It's into the odd, right? That you you once you get your HP, your hit protection down, you start hitting like your stats instead. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's like a hint of it, but in a different way that I really really enjoy a lot. I love um, I love stat damage, like mm-hmm. whether as an effect or like this is a great example of that. Like, it, yeah, too too much will just kill you. It's like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. You're taking damage directly to like your law, your attributes, yourself. You know, like past just like an HP thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, very no, cool. I'm, you are the ITO boy. I am. I am the end of the odd guy. So because it's yeah. my favorite. Um, I roll by the way on the armorless critical effects. Ooh. Uh, ooh. Um, but I'll tell you my both my rolls because I rolled twice because the first time I rolled on the armorless critical effects, I rolled a one, um, which is die immediately and extremely brutally. Uh, nice. <laughs> I was like, oh, perfect. And then I rolled a five. Uh, you are thrown through the air and impaled on a broken object nearby. One of your valuable organs is punctured and causing death in 1d12 minutes. All rolls gain plus five and you cannot walk for 1d2 hours. Um, which was only slightly better than the brutally kill. Um, but it was slightly better. Um, this is another table. Like, I really like what's on this table, but damn it, it is hard to read, you know? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's it's very, there is no space really between yeah. any of the, the things. So this is, I think, why a lot of tables have like a, a gray, like every other one, yeah. like a little shading behind it. I think that would have been super helpful. Also, um, the numbers here on the side could have been maybe centered or like the D12 could have been like, it's just it, like it's, it's a little far away. The numbers could have been uh, centered onto the other side. But yeah, a little bit more space but in between each one. This is a great table. Like actually pretty much everything that you can roll on this is brutal to like the extreme. Um, and like definitely a I felt like. We really enjoyed making this table. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, you're gonna totally fucked up, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I would not be disappointed rolling anything on here. Like, everything on here is pretty good. So it's so good. It's so, your, like, do- your non-dominant hand is severed from your arm. Uh, lose the use of your hand if it is not reached uh, within one d two hours. Bleed out in one d twenty minutes. All attacks gain plus four. It's just like holy fuck, dude. It's uh, everything is good, dude. Like the attack tears a swath of flesh from your belly. Your spine is cracked by the blow. Your jaw is dislocated. Like, like it, <laughs> it's it's so fucking good. Like, it's so good. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that's the um, armorless critical effects. Um, and then there is the critical effects and death. So a zero to 10 critical success. And then there is a 11 and 19 critical success. Is that, it's two different tables and there's 19 or is it critical successes when you, I don't understand these. Am I just stupid on this? I have to reread the section, honestly, so. So, when you get a critical success, right? You're rolling a one d ten. There's two d ten tables. One is eleven and nineteen. One is, but is it because you rolled something that gave you a critical success? But it's impossible to get a critical success unless you roll negative. So, is it just a d twenty table broken into two d ten tables? And it says zero to ten, but then it lists it one to ten. 
But so there must be like attack. Critical success. Sorry, we're for the podcast out there, we're thinking, we're looking, we're reading. Huh. Um I do not know. And then there's a, a third one for a 20 plus critical success, which is another D10 table. So there's three D10 tables for varying parts of the thing. I'm waiting for Kirby to, to maybe throw a message and just explain a little bit. There's three different tables. I assume because of the ranges, it's based on like maybe roles that happen. Yeah. Um, Seems like so that. So is it, it, maybe it's the difference in the roles when it goes negative versus like what they do. So, but there's a zero to 10 and 11 and 19 and a 20 plus. Um, but these are also fucking fantastic. These are critical success. So why don't you roll, why don't you roll 3d10 and we'll just hit one from each table and we can see how fucking cool these are. Yeah, these tables do slap tremendously. So, Dude, um, all the tables slap. Okay. Like they're so good. Yeah, and these are, are really much good. easier to read. Like the okay. spacing is like much better on these. So I got one, 10 and seven. All right, what'd you get? So a zero to 10, what was it? Um, so zero ten one, your attack slaps the target with a heft that knocks the wind out of them briefly. Cool. Nice. So, so second so table, light. Yeah, yeah, light. Second table ten. Both hands of the target are severed. Uh, it drops to the ground, bleeding for mercy and bleeding from a stump. That's right, Count Dooku, you stay down there. Um, and then uh, seven, the <clears throat> last table. One random party member is enraged in gleeful bloodlust by your visceral attack and gains minus 10 to their next attack. That's fucking crazy. Um, you have to really whip that roll for that attack to not be uh, be a hitter, you know? Um, Seriously. The tables yeah. are so... Like, these are so good. So Kirby said three tables for the different... Differences between the negative result and the enemy's roll result. That's right. Okay. So yeah, it's okay, the cool, difference cool. between the roles because since you're rolling a pose rolls, you could theoretically, with your attributes and stuff, you could roll 20 plus. So there's a whole table for just really fucking somebody to pieces. Um, the energizing roar, bloody success from your fatal strike, gives the party minus four. Like I, is these are the tables are so good. And then there is a whole table for critical failures. It's a 1d20 <laughs> table. Why don't you roll 1d20 on critical failures? I rolled critical failure 13. The attack meant for you strikes true, but then deflects into an ally dealing one damage. <laughs> Sick. So good. Yeah. We get to the uh, armament section next, I believe, yeah. right? Yeah. Do you want to hit armaments? Yeah. So uh, weapons can be anything uh, from any heritage or culture as long as they maintain the damage, load, uh, loadout, bonus, and value. Uh, what was it before loadout, Ryan? Say that one more time. What was it before loadout? Was it just load? It was just load. Yeah, you can have. I, like, you I can vaguely have a big remember us making jokes about it when we were playing. Um, vaguely, yeah. Go watch uh, the uh, go watch that creator cut again. I should go back and watch it. Um, it was so yeah. good. It was so good. Um, I would have been fine with it. Stayed load. Like it was. <laughs> I mean, just built um, in. Built listen, in, I've uh, always said that, like you know, tabletop RPGs with your friends is at least like sixty percent uh, dick and sex jokes. At um, least 60% yeah, dick least. jokes, even if there's not a um, dick at the table. Um, yeah, so you roll for the results uh, when the weapon is recovered. Okay, so there's multiple things I like about this. One, I like that it doesn't necessarily matter what the weapon is. You know what I mean? Like, it could really be, like, damn near anything if you just explain it in a certain way, you know? Um, and I also like that the, there's a cool system for generating 
these weapons, like their damage, their value. Um, yeah, I like this. This is good. This is good for me. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do. I do really enjoy this. Like I said, I, w I feel like this should have been higher. This should have been before fighting. This probably yeah. should have been before guild advancement and stuff like that. Or guild advancement could have been before. Like there's just a little bit of like so there's some movement all over that could be made. Yeah. Mm hmm. But, but yeah, yeah, I, I like uh, I like finding a yeah. You find a heavy weapon. It's like every time you find a great sword, it's a it's a different great sword. You know, like it yeah. works oh, yeah. slightly differently. It does a different amount of damage. It might be in better shape. It might be in worse shape. Um, yeah, really into that. You know, very variable weapons. Well, and just the the variance in the value and loadout too is really fucking great because so you could have right your feeble femur that does two damage every time right that is a loadout of one so it doesn't count really that bad against your stuff right but if you have that giant fucking great sword you just talked about and it's a loadout of four like 3d3 so it will automatically minimum do three damage but is it 4d6 but here's the problem Depending on what you're fucking carrying, you could find the greatest fucking sword ever. You could roll for the highest value possible. You could roll for the highest damage possible and just be like, if I carry this, I have no armor. If I carry this, I have to drop half my fucking gold. Like, yeah. Or every roll I have will be at like plus four and I'm fucked. You know what I mean? Like you're basically disadvantaged on everything. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah, this is like, this game, it really is like, the peak of that kind of like trade-off hard decisions we've made it we've i'm very dumb tonight so it's hard for me to think of terms that we've used before it's, and it's, cho it's choice it's it's, yeah, it's choice, choice. Mechanics, like, we, like yeah yeah if you if any if you've listened to the show at all if you watch any stuff on the adventure archive if you heard us talk about sursa at all one of their huge things that they really love is choice and choice in games is such a huge part it's one reason that 5e fucking sucks because it gives you very little choice that yeah. actually matters you know um so having a system like this where every choice you make matters is important and yeah. that's one of the reasons i i do love inventory systems like at, at one point we need to go over like paris grando or something like that where it's a game literally built it's a game designed for getting beating the dungeon and then finding like a dragon sword and how to get out right but <laughs> having every decision you make every choice be impactful on what you can do is huge so a system literally designed around the burden that you have and what you can do while having that much burden it, I love it, and I love the way that it's been applied to armor. It's been applied to weapons, and yeah. like you just said, the uniqueness of literally every fucking like bladed weapon you can pick up is going to be completely different based on loadout value and damage. It's just is so good. It's so well done. Yeah. Um, trinkets. Yep, we finally get to uh, trinkets. It has ranged weapons right above that uh, as well. There's like a it, weapons continue on, and then trinkets. So trinkets are items. Uh, that harbor arcane power. This is your your caster stuff. Um, they look like anything from amulet, staff, tome, uh, and can be from any heritage culture as long as they maintain their potency, essence, loadout, and value uh, of the type held. Um, roll for the results uh, when a trinket is uh, re retrieved. Yeah. So I, yeah. again, these are these are also really good. It goes from uh, broken to weak to hollowed to arcane to precious. 
um, various different potencies, various different things. A, the Tome of, of uh, Blessings, a shard of the mighty wind. Really great. I will say, again, these tables, I would not have mind like a full box across the thing, something, because even on this, there's some consistency on the way they're laid out because the art has been put in, in into right. different areas. So so even on this page, like you can see, I, I'm pointing on my screen to the side because I'm a fucking idiot. Um, you can see that like this is here, but like this is like pushed out this way and this bar, mm. like it could have been just consistent throughout or all push to the left or centered even better in like a box that would have been that would have been good um and then yeah armor armor yeah armor is the thing so uh it's exactly the same thing it goes from pathetic to cloth to light to medium to heavy to cumbersome to shields and again this now is all pushed to the left instead of having it consistent so there's this little piece of, of spot armor, right. gets, armor gets crazy high though you're like eight's pretty good but like man it gets up it gets up there you know i mean in cumber cumbersome the uh, the four is a hundred you know yeah bro like that means you can take a hundred damage before you ever need to worry about any damage to you at all, which is crazy. But the loadout is one D four plus eight. So you could, it could be, it could 12. It could have you like, but like, I feel to, like by the time you get this though, and you have like that bonus loadout or the plus bonus, 10 uh, plus carry, six plus it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, you know, that's the guy you see when you sit and having a beer in the guild and you see that one like high level night walk through and just like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say I like this piece of spot art here for the armor, but it looks like some of the edges of the, the art I piece got kind of that. put on too. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. So it, again, this is just a little bit of the inconsistency in the layout stuff that we were talking about that it could just be cleaned up just a bit. Um, and then, oh, I like this section. When a weapon, armor, or a trinket is looted as treasure, roll to determine its item quality. We talked about that. If the result for a weapon or armor is a four, roll for possible permanent effect on the magic item table. Love that. Items will retain the damage rating, loadout, and value whichever type it fits in. And if a weapon or armor receives a magic effect, use the bonus of that magic as damage or rating adjustment unless a creative alternative is discussed and agreed on at the table. And then there is a gorgeous piece of this... Um, uh, Kim Helm art again. I love this. I love that it's in the box. They put this little gray box across the top, but it is like it looks kind of like a um, a barbarian going after like a troll or were troll situation. It's there something are, big. Ugh, yeah, it fucking sl it slaps so fucking hard. I really really love it a lot. Um, great piece. So uh, we get to magic, and then we're basically done. Um, so magic comes in many forms and not all easily decipherable. Trinkets are used to harness magics and contain them until they're ready to be used. Magics are only as useful or powerful as the imagination of the player in conjunction with the guildmaster's adjudications. And types of magic are left vague. So players can memorize as many magics as their mind allows, but can only change magics they've memorized when resting. Learning magics requires time and safety. Just because a player finds a trinket does not mean that they can cast it. Defensive magics are generally enhanced by the potency of trinket, while harmful magics are generally enhanced by the essence of the trinket. These rules may fluctuate, um, but it's up to the GM to determine that and other magics like service, utility, all that kind of stuff is based on other stuff. So when you look at the types of magic, there is a huge list. So magic, it's yeah. interesting that it's all the way at the bottom of the book. 
but is huge as far as the system goes and what you can do. So there's service, utility, small defensive, medium defensive, large defensive, major defensive, small damage, medium damage, large damage, major damage. Um, and then the examples of these are for service, you can create food. For large defensive, there's counter magic. For major damage, there's a volcano strike. And then there's a list of number of slots it takes and the bonuses that you get for it. I love the broadness of this system. I do it too. Just, oh my God. I know yeah. you're the magic guy. I am the this magic guy. This is such guy. a great way so, to do it. I do remember yeah. really liking it. It's like, I'm trying, I'm sitting here trying to remember what, what did my character have? I'm pretty sure I played a magic guy, which would not be unusual yeah. for me. Wouldn't uh, be surprised if you did it all. So yeah. it is interesting that it's a really mix of like, it's a broad Vancean system, which is interesting because it does require yeah. slots. And, and things like that. And there's things that you need in order to use it. It's not just like a broad, you have this thing, right? But I, it's really enjoyable though, the way that they, they use it. But um, there's no but. I really like that a lot. And then on the next page, you get the um, weapon magic effect and armor magic effect table, which is also fucking cool. So like, if you roll zero to 69, I see what you did there. I know that's on purpose. Um, there is no magic effect. <laughs> Definitely on purpose. A hundred percent on purpose. So there's um, there's 70 to 80, 80 to 83, 84 to 90, 91, 92, 93 to 98, and 99. So there's a, a big list of things you can do. So 70 to 79 gives you weak damage bonus, which is plus one. But if you go all the way to 99, it's a major damage bonus of plus six. Plus, it's imbued with major damage magic. Like, insane if you roll a 99. Huge, huge swing in things you can do here. And then the armor magic effect goes from none to weak, which is like plus one to enemy's combat roll, all the way down to 99, which is basically the same thing. Plus six to the enemy's combat rolled, plus it's imbued. So I think this is a little, a little magical effect here on the side. I, I just feel like it's completely unnecessary on this page. And it also has that issue of having like a chop off bottom and like corner yeah, here. Yeah, it's kind of clipped over, you know? Yeah. And then um, this piece here, I love this. Another piece of Kimmel art on the digital. It has a little bit of like a border here on the side, but on the um, on the physical, it's it's bled, it's bled, so it's chopped. But it does have the same issue at the bottom, where it's clipped at the bottom instead of being put all the way down. Mm. And then there is a page for enemies, mm. and then we're done. So basically. There's not a lot of examples of enemies here as far as like, this is what a whole enemy is, but it's a table on how to build enemies that has examples. So yeah. uh, they're categorized by size or strength. Um, <laughs> and then like, so for example, there's fodder, weak, minor, average, dangerous, deadly, and monstrous. Fodder, or a weak one, a minor one is a goblin or a kobold. It does four damage. It has one plus one for hit dice. So it's like eight plus one it's got an attack of plus one and then it drops stuff so you get the type your example your damage your hd your attack and what it drops great list of stuff here there's another list of jobs and bounties um which is uh like a 1d10 uh job list for jobs modifiers locations for apprentices for journeyers for experts for champions um then you get to this page here at the end that we talked about this is a a a, a big character sheet because i think there's more digitally no no it's the back because on the back of the character sheets right. is the rest of your stuff but it gives you a breakdown of how the system works because like we said a little bit of the system requires a little bit of different math and i think people are used to in order to build their aptitude because it's not just like roll this and it gives you that you have to actually map it to determine it a little bit so i love this page how it actually highlights the areas and gives you arrows down to the things that you need in order to determine those things so your items here arrow down to your loadout so it actually says it's three because you have one two three here on these items there is a burden because your gold is part of your burden so it goes over here which is added to your loadout 
which then also goes to your burden. So it is your gold here, which is two, your adventuring gear, which is one, plus your loadout, which is three, gives you six. That's your current burden. And then it actually arrows up to loadout to agility, and then it puts a minus down to your aptitude. So if you look at D on the right, it says calculate aptitude, subtract attribute from loadout. So loadout three, agility five, gives you a minus two right there. I know I'm, so it, it, it really, this sheet really, really helps explain with the dotted lines, with the arrows, with everything, exactly how to explain that. And it has ABCD for explaining exactly how the loadout sheet works to begin with. So really, really cool, really well done. Great piece of art to wrap it up. And then we get to the adventure, the Gloomlight Hollow from Gabe Rivera of Copper State Games, which we are not gonna read because we don't read adventures here. So you know what you do? Uh, you read the fucking book. Uh, or you buy the fucking book. Um, that's how that works. And that is the end. Uh, and this is the back here. Lift your feeble weapons like towers towards heaven. So that <laughs> is Guild. And we are going to go to a review. So we talked about this beforehand. It is right on the cusp of deciding whether it was going to be a full cusp. game or a... Yeah. Oh, why are you Kirby, bro? You haven't been Kirby the whole time, have it's you? It's me. I'm Kirby. <laughs> well, we have, we have talked about the fact that you are the same person. Um, but um, so we, we were on the cusp about this, but we actually did have a little chat with Kirby. And Kirby said, hit me with the whole fucking shebang, the full Monty, the whole big bag. So we are going to do the full game five metric review for this as opposed to the zine review. So for those that are unaware, and we did tweak it recently, there are five scores. We give 10 points for each for a maximum possible of 50. First is art and layout. So that is the visuals of the game. And that's it. So the art, the quantity, the quality, how it's used, the layout, which is the style and everything like that, visually, right? Mm -hmm. Visual layout. Then we go to usability, which is things like bookmarks, hyperlinks, um, the way that the book is laid out, like mechanically and how well it's easy to read. The rule set, which is if it's a new rule set, how well it's done. Um, if it is an adapted uh, rule set, how well it's adapted. Originality, catch all for a little bit of setting, design, all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, is it something new? If it's not something new, is it done in a new way? And value is bang for your buck, how much you get for the money you spend for the game. So art and layout, I feel like this is going to be the spot that has the biggest, uh, I think we yeah. have the most critiques, is really, well, this and a little bit of the usability too. So as far as the art and layout, um, I, I love the cover. I love the Kim Home art. Um, I think the layout visually is probably the weakest part of the whole book. What are your thoughts yeah, on that? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think, like, the inconsistencies and in spacing, uh, like, like margins, gutters, padding, uh, boxes, like, page layouts all together. Like, yeah, I think that is probably the biggest hit for me. I... I I really, really like this game, and I really like playing it. I think it's a really cool game, and I like how, like, uh, you know, the, the choice mechanic of of weight. Um, but um, yeah, I do think that part is it's it's a little messy to look at, and a lot of that does carry over in the physical. Because I was looking at the physical as we were going through it, and we're talking about like a piece of art being off center. And I was like, maybe it's just off center in the in the digital, but it's off center in the physical as well. Um, yeah. So, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah, just, yeah, I think, I think just to wrap up in my head as I come up with the number in my head. Yeah, I think the margins are, are a little too small. I wouldn't mind the font being like one or two smaller. I know you said you like it big, but I think it just kind of like adds to like how oversized everything feels on the page. It feels, um, it makes it feel a little busier. 
yeah even if the margins were the same size but the font was a little bit smaller it wouldn't feel so like the page just feels like overburdened like it feels like very dense and full when it's really not that dense um i think the tables there's a really inconsistency to the tables throughout and i think there could have been a, a better use of some like black boxes or barred boxes or something for like specific um like gm advice and things right. like that so i mean i, I do really the kim home art is great so points for that but as far as the layout and stuff i don't know what are you, what are your what are your numbers for art and i mean this, for this? Is, this is hitting pretty low for me this is a like five or six I think six. I think six for for the for the layout for because again the cover is great. The Kim Home art is the great. Art does I think bump the it utilization, up. So, yeah, of that. Yeah. So I think minimum I think is six for this, um, as far as that goes. So let me actually open Gene score numbers. Let's go to here. So I think we're on a, a six for art and layout. Um, all right, usability. So. Uh, there's no bookmarks not a big deal the uh it is a it's zine size it's 35 pages so like i'm not worried it, about that yeah and it's i mean the ability to hit the thing to go all the way back up to oh my god table of contents and then choose table of contents to go back somewhere else like i at this point don't really need a bookmark for this no uh, you don't at all yeah it's... i don't really need it um that pretty much is all i i really need um I I hope other games can pick up that if they're not going to have bookmarks then something like this would be nice. Um, I really have one or the other. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, we can talk to Kirby too about easy this was, but like, I know in like a, an Acrobat, like if I create a hyperlink onto a page, I can copy that page to another page. So if all you have to do is do it once and then just copy it to the corners of all your pages. Yeah. Just fucking just like, just yeah. do that thing. Like, like why a, would yeah. you not just do that? Why would you not? Um, yeah. Um, Inline hyperlinks. Uh, completely hyperlink table of contents, huge. huge, and like yeah. none of them are skipped. There's an inline hyperlink in here that takes you to the next fucking page. It's like every inline hyperlink you could possibly, every page references immediately. Like I'm like, oh, okay, that's pretty great. Um, as and far the as links, real quick, and the links out to all of the artists uh, and and extra people's pages too is is really big. Great yes. to be able to click on your editor or like even the creator of the adventure, all goes out to those pages too. So yeah. Where this is going to take some hits for me personally is dividing up all, a lot of these sections into subsections to better compartmentalize information and make it more of a step-by-step -step process of learning instead of a like like longer form, like this is how it, all of combat works. Like break that up into sections um, and explain it more bite-sized. Um, yeah. And the order of some of these sections could be mixed around a little bit so that you have a little bit of a point of reference going into other sections. Um, yep. yeah, hundred percent agree. Yeah. hundred percent agree. I think, I think the usability features perfect, uh, for, yeah. for a 35 page zine plus plus adventure can't really ask for more than this. Um, as far as, um, what there is for that, but yes, uh, usability as far as there, there were parts that I had to read, read a couple of times and then go find the other part to get the explainer to go back to the other thing. Um, especially like weapons and armor. Yeah, I think, like you said, uh, for most of the parts, I don't think it's uh, it's bad. I think the fighting part is the part that really stands out as the part that really needs to kind of like be it, broken I, into I subsections. Yeah. yeah, but I think everything else works fine. I think, and the other thing too, is it's one of the only sections that doesn't have examples in it that has like specific mechanics written. Mm -hmm. uh, like aptitude has examples that really made it a lot easier, things like that. So, um, so some hits for that um, as far as just usability in that. So, but it's kind of like it's kind of like a mix for me between how well the usability usability features work versus yeah, those are those some... are that that definitely bumps up for me. I'm about a seven for this one. 
Because yeah, like I'm, I'm, the, the I'm hyperlinking, the inline hyperlink, and the return to the table contents, like that's that's way up here, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. even though like I have an issue with the order and it not being broken up, like I, I think it's still a usable game. You know what I mean? Oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, again, we're 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 critiquing everything we can critique. You know, not not pulling any punches because that's what we do. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I'm solid for a seven two. If if uh, if the order was tweaked a little bit, this would be an easy, easy, easy eight as far as that as far yeah. as that goes. Uh, rule set, I think with with some rewriting for the way some of the stuff works, but at its core, how everything works, I really fucking love. Oh, this. I dig I this think, rule set. Oh my god! Again, burden as basically inventory as what you're fighting against the entire time. The way <laughs> that the way that advancement works, the way I love the way the combat works, even though like it took a little bit of parsing to to understand how it works. I love the way it works. I think it's incredibly clever. Uh, the opposed role thing is um, uh, something that one of the early times I saw that was in Durf, and I it blew my mind when I saw there yeah. too, and I love it. It makes combat super fucking dynamic because every yeah, time you hit absolutely. something, absolutely, you you really bought into combat. You have to be, you know, you're like, okay, yeah, where are we now? And not only that, again, combat is going to change everything you fucking do, because if you get your armor broken, the example you said was perfect, like it changes everything you can even fucking carry and maybe even your entire pathway through the dungeon and what you even want to do. Because if you're just like, fuck, we want to go that way, but I have no armor. We fucking can't like you can change everything. So it's I love the rule set throughout this entire thing. There's not really any specific rule in here that I'd be like, I would do that differently. I think. And oh, and and I think we kind of gloss over a little bit the way that armor and everything is rolled so that every single one you pick up is different. Yeah. So fucking clever. So so fucking clever like i absolutely love that so as far as rule set for me like what are you thinking i mean oh this is this is a high like i'm i'm an eight plus on this one you know dude, i'm i'm at like an eight i like i don't know if it bumps to nine for me because i'd look at games that also have nines like kingdoms and stuff like that i mean there is no mm. 10 so nine is 10 for me so i think this is like a a hard heavy eight like i think this is thick. a heavy this is a throbbing yeah. eight yeah, like it's got this is a very it's got a this is a big the, this aid's got a load. It's a it's a big one. Um but uh yeah. So uh, you're all, originality you're all the worst people I know. Honestly. Yeah. I can't stand any of y'all. <laughs> um originality for all the reasons we just said for the rule set, I think gets a lot of points for it. As far as the setting, here's the thing. There isn't one you create every time. Right. I love that. I love it is standard kind of Western fantasy, but at the same time, you could easily create an expansion for this to put it into any setting you want. You could adapt this instantly into a space setting by just by not doing anything. You could just rename like weapon from femur to gun. Like you don't have to, yep. you could literally just it's a reskin for any setting you want. And I love that. It feels like there's like an ingrained setting. But it could easily be adapted to post-apocalyptic to space. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like okay, cool. Yeah, your fucking laser sword that you find, yeah. right? It's like that's your melee weapon. Yeah, um, and even the lore, even the lore, instantly by changing like four words, you have post-Earth space apo- like post-apocalypse. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so yeah. Savage Union, like anything, like you can change this to anything. So as far as originality goes for me, I think that's a, it's going to be a solid score because. I love the rules. It's got some really unique mechanics that you that are maybe hinted at in other games or might be inspired by other games, but are really unique in and of themselves. I think the ability for the setting to be so implied and easily adaptable is fantastic. I mean, what are you thinking? Oh, 
Um, fuck, I have to think. Um, and I think this is another very strong eight for me, you know? Yeah. I think minimum. I, yeah. I think eight is really, really solid for this. I think, yeah. Like I, yeah. Again, I think it's just the, if this it's, it's because it's a zine, you know what I mean? It's only 35 pages. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it was something like Kingdoms, where it was like a perfect bound and like 80 pages and it had like a couple more like sub things in it, I feel like this would bump it to a nine. But a lot of this is just yeah. because it's on the cusp of Zine to book that it kind of is going to suffer. The rolling of, of weapons and armor and stuff does a lot for me. Like that, yeah. that one does like, I can't tell you how much like that one alone. Like, yep, I think that's fucking sick. I can pick up, you can be in a dungeon that's like an old castle and every armor set you find is for the, is the same armor set thematically, right? Like, but you'd be like, oh, yeah, this one's like held up over time or this is like obviously like an officer's set. Like it gives you so much, um, yeah, to play around with, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, easy, easy eight for this. Um, and then value wise. So I think there was some discussion about um, the costs and stuff like that, Kirby. Uh, I know Kirby's still in the chat. If you want to drop what the cost is. So we will say if you, so it's, uh, you it, don't I know what it is, it's. If you go to disastertourism.games right now, it's for the print and digital $20. And for just the digital, it's $10, um, which is crazy. Insane deal. It's Insane way too, deal. It's way, yeah. it's way underpriced. Uh, Kirby, raise your fucking prices. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's, is there, a bundle, is there any like a, is there a bundle pack for like the oh, the the cost of it all together or anything? Pack? I went directly for the actual game, so it's um, I'm cool. But okay, there's, so as you go for it, there's not a bundle pack on the website right now. Uh huh. There will be, but, but Kirby we'll hasn't set it up yet. So so um, you get guild right, and as far as value is not just the money you spend, but it's what you can what you have as well too. So on top of guild, there is the um, uh, there is the adventure book that comes with it. There are what one two one two three four five six adventures in here. Besides the one that comes in the book from Gabriel Vera of Copper State, right. who puts out great content, listen to the. This is issue zero. First of all, yeah. also this is gorgeous. This is fucking gorgeous too. Um, listen to listen to some of the names that are on on this list here. Underguild by Stella Condre. Mm -hmm. um, no Glory by uh, Luke Gearing. I know. <laughs> Tomb of Mother Vix by Christian Sorel, whose name is on every fucking RPG put everything. out in 2023. I know. Fucking everything. <laughs> There's a reason for that, too. The Questionable Inheritance by Amanda P. Great content. Um, the Viridescent Coil by KD. Um, you know, Curry, Curry. Um, and then The Root Cause Ooh. by KD and Kristen Dinner. So, I'm sorry. Stella Condre, Luke Guerin, Christian Sorel, Amanda P. And then also Kirby, who makes fucking awesome content. The adventure book by itself is uh, is amazing. So, that six adventures automatically between these two books. Plus, let's talk about the... This one also has a uh, $10 digital or a $20 physical and digital. So, Bam, done so. I Worth mean, it. Easy. I, I mean... If you're if you're if you're lean on cash for twenty bucks, you can get a digital copy of the game and the adventures. Um, that's pretty good. That's, that's 40, 40 pages for this one too. Solid. Plus, at least the six, Kickstarter rewards. Six dermal, you know. Yeah, dope. The Kickstarter rewards gave you the fat pad of fucking character sheets, which are fantastic. Yeah. And then I already talked about like the stickers and shit. So I mean. I think the value for this is super fucking solid. I think 20 is a little bit lower than I had said was good for it. Um, yeah. But um, it's, it's, I, 
I think it's an amazing amount of, I mean, 20 bucks if you just want to go digital for all of this, uh, for six adventures and the whole system is fucking fantastic. Yeah, that's um, a lot. Of, that's a lot of gaming time with your friends, you know, a lot of gaming time. I mean, and the adventures are great. So um, and we, we've played one before and maybe we'll play one again and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, so value wise, what are you thinking for this? I mean, um, I'm not sure you've been, you've been calling this one. So, I mean, 10 is basically a free game, right? Right. Um, I think value, I mean, it's got to be at least like a seven or eight. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, it's, that's it's why easy. I'm somewhere in between those two. I feel like if it had more content out in the in the sphere of. Well, so let's add a little bit more here, right? So this is only Adventure Book Zero. There will be Adventure Book One, right? It's got its oh, own website. Know, there's also the the generators that you can use on the resource. Oh, yeah. uh, drop, drop that URL in the chat because mine's not working correctly on Streamlabs tonight, Kirby. But there is a website dedicated from Disaster Tourism just for this that has generators, that has a ton of, that has a whole section of online resource content, right? So I think yeah, this is an that easy does, eight for that me. That does count. So yeah, so I think this is easy. I think that easy bumps it up to an eight for me as far as the value that you get for this game. Um, so um, even if you do it, you know, I'm going to do it anyway. So we're looking at a total of. Oh, I'm not. I don't add it anymore. Most of the time, I just let you do it. I'm just like, so we yeah. are at a 37 for this, which honestly, I think that feels right for this. Yeah. And I, I really think that maybe just like a little bit of of tweaking with the layout and order of the game would have put this right up in like the 39, 40 range, which is like the top, thir- top top tier of the games that we've gone over. Um, so again we love this game we've played it before and guess what we're gonna play it again because this is guild week fam um the kickstarter just um went out into the world um i got mine yesterday and i live on the other side of the country from kirby so everyone should be getting theirs very soon um if you haven't already and on friday we are gonna be uh running or we're gonna be playing in what will be and i've been talking about this forever so it's actually gonna be the first episode of side quest which is uh a new AP series we're gonna have here on the channel um, for it's got it's an emphasis on games that we have already reviewed on stream with a soft emphasis also on teaching those games and usually within one to two sessions max a lot of one shots or maybe short arcs for a little bit longer games but the emphasis will be that playing games that we reviewed that we loved and also an emphasis on having creators that have already that games already exist in the world they're not promoting them on Kickstarter coming onto the stream to run them so on Friday. Um, we are going to be having Kirby come on stream, not like he hasn't been here before, to run an adventure of Guild for us. Um, and I believe uh, Seth from Boltnik Opossum will be our third um, to uh, actually have an AP of this on SideQuest. So you can watch a review, watch the AP, and then go to the website and buy the fucking book. Buy so, the fucking book! That is, uh, that is our review of Guild. Thank you all for being here. Sorry if we were a little bit rough. I know Hunter's a little bit under the weather, and it's been what, like three weeks since we fucking did this. Looked at me. Um, also, real quick, here at the end, this is episode ninety-nine of 99. the show. Not counting some other stuff like creator cuts and stuff like that. So, episode ninety-nine of our reviews. So, episode one hundred. Uh, do we want to see what we're doing for episode one hundred? Because this is the next thing. Uh, anyway. We're gonna sacrifice a human on stream. It's gonna be fucking crazy. Yep, a little one. Yep. <laughs> but you know still a, still a whole person no um so um there are a um i think about 16 or 17 zines that we looked at read through and um, talked about 
no, it's like 16, 15 to 17, something like that, that we looked at, reviewed, but didn't give scores to because at the time we didn't want, we didn't have the scores we have now for zines. Um, so we didn't feel like it was like a, like a, a 20 page zine shouldn't have this many metrics reviewing right. it. So it wasn't until I think um, until later that we did that. So we are going to go back and wrap up for 100 for episode 100 to wrap up everything we've done. So that starting in 101, everything we've looked at, we've reviewed. We are going to go through and re-review or drop scores for every zine um, or everything that we haven't reviewed yet here on the show that we've talked about or or gone over. Um, so and that's going to be sacrifice the person. Exactly. At the end. Um, raffle. Um, so we are going to be going <laughs> over that. Um, so uh, that's what we're going to do. So starting fresh with 101, reviewing everything that we had done previously. Um, there's going to be a, uh, some changes here on the stream, including some some URLs and stuff we'll talk about um, on episode 100. But uh, there's going to be a cool kind of, you know, hitting a button and a, and a, and a, a, a forward movement here for the weekly scroll podcast, which will be interesting, including kicking off side quests, which would be fun. So um, thank you, Hunter. I know you're feeling well and appreciate you being here. Kirby, thank you so much for this game. Can't wait to play it on Friday and we will see you all later. And for those random people out there watching, good night. May.